Beyond good, beyond evil, beyond your wildest imagination, it's the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. I am your host, and uh, we have a very special episode uh, for you this evening here on the live stream. Uh, we're we're going to be talking about a bunch of things, but more than anything, it's going to be uh, a celebration of art and artists, and transformers, and art, and transformers. Uh, but I, I have a very exciting guest that uh, I, I've recently uh, gotten to know, and we're going to learn about an exciting uh, fan comic project uh, that she's a part of, along with uh, some other rad folks as uh, as part of a team. Uh, but um, I'm already getting ahead of myself. Uh, please welcome to Mike Cyber Radio, Ashley Artley. How are you doing tonight? Hi. Not bad. Excellent. So we're uh, um, we're going to talk about a handful of things. We're going to uh, we're going to talk about this new project that you uh, shared with me. Some uh, work in progress shots uh, on your phone while we were at Cybefest most recently. But also, it's uh, uh, we were just joking about this uh, before we went live here uh, when we set up this interview uh time to schedule uh we didn't pick up on what day it was like i uh i you know we were just i was just looking at the day well it's monday you know is is monday or thursday better well let's do monday and it wasn't until i started doing social media posts that i realized we had set up this live stream for august 8th which for anybody that knows me and is part of the transformers fandom that is the anniversary of a little film you may have heard of called the Transformers the movie um, and we're going to uh, as as we go through our conversation we're going to talk about that movie and what it means to the both of us because as as we've gotten to know each other it's a, it's a foundational work for the both of us in terms of uh, Transformers fandom so I'm really excited uh, to talk about that but I thought uh, before we get too much into the Ashley Artley origin story as, as I like to call it. Um, let's talk about Cybefest Northwest a little bit. That was uh, that was a couple weeks ago on uh, July 23rd. It's a, um, a little fan convention here in... Oh, it looks like folks are already joining us in the chat. Woo! Go Ash! Uh, we'll, that, talk about uh, him. we'll talk about him later. He, he's, he's part of this. I think uh, uh, Joseph is staying up late too because I'm trying to I'm trying to do the the computation for their time zone and it's uh it's not 7:30 at night so it's either very early or very late I don't know I think it's I think I want to say he said it was going to be like or like early morning I think yeah. I early and lunch that's what it was yeah well then i i don't know if i have all that much more sympathy he he told me that i forgot (laughs) that's that's terrific so let's um uh, so let's talk about uh, Cybefest Northwest. It was uh, it was held at the Kent Commons Community Center, and um, I had the opportunity to table there. had a had a really great time. Uh, but Ashley, you were there uh, as well um, as an art exhibitor. Uh, could you and for the second year, if I if I remember correctly, uh, could you talk about your experience at this uh, last Cybefest, and then from there, uh, kind of um, I guess being part of the the Pacific Northwest uh, um, fan community and art community. It w- well, I mean, you you talk about the the Pacific Northwest part of it, which is like part of what makes it really fun, because 
I was born in Seattle. I've lived here all my life. And I didn't know there was a Transformers convention specific to Washington until 2019. Um, and I went. I entered there. I heard there was an art contest, so I, I was like, "Well, I've got to enter that," and I did, and I won, and it was really exciting. But Liz was like, "You should do an art booth here. You should do an art table," and I'd never done that before. I've I've still never done that before. Those two side fests. That's all of my experience doing any sort of artist alley thing, um, and I didn't really know anything about it. I had to learn everything uh, about how to do it. Um, last year not last year yeah last year back in 2021 and it was it was it was a crazy experience and i just i loved it i loved it the first year it was almost like addictive not addictive because i've only done it twice but i when i did it that first time i'm like yeah i'm gonna have to have another booth again this is amazing and it was even more amazing being able to help the convention you know get more buzz i mean i don't have much of a following so it's not like i'm contributing a whole lot but you know when when i'd post something and then the side fest page would reblog it or when i'd share things about them and like hey come to side fest and and kind of advertise for that that's awesome because i because because it's like it's it's a small convention and i want it to be bigger because that's that's our thing, you know, as, as Washingtonians. And, and I just really vibe with that. Cause I've got that Washington pride thing. You know, I I've gotten messages since then. It, it coincidentally around the time I was getting ready for Sidefest, I also started, that was when I started having my art uh, featured at Bobacon toy store in Everett. And so all that was kind of the perfect storm of, of Washington Transformers Pride because I was getting messages being like, I didn't know there was somebody around here doing this kind of thing. That's awesome that you're from the same place as me. I didn't know that there were other people in my community like that. And I'm like, neither did I three years ago. And that's what it's all about. And so those art booths, the art, it all centers around the art booth, you know, and it's like, you know, it's good to make money. You know, most of it I just spend at the convention but the community aspect of it is is you know that's that's priceless that's fucking that's awesome yeah it's it's a pretty incredible uh community and i've talked about this on my show before but uh i my first side fest was 2018 and like you i had i had no idea my buddy nick uh hit me up and he's like hey you know there's a there's a transformers convention here i think i was talking tweeting about going to tfcon in chicago that fall uh of 2018 and my buddy was like well wait a sec there's there's a there's a show here in the Pacific Northwest, I had no idea. So I just, I just roll in, you know, sight unseen, and then I, I met Ben and and Jason, and then uh, a year later, uh, I came back and and got to know Liz. Um, and yeah, it's 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 just a it's just a great group of folks, and it's just um, it's just a great vibe and feel. And I like what Sidefest has done in that it feels it's obviously very dealer friendly and it's very vendor friendly. And it looks yeah. like uh, Whirl has joined the chat. <laughs> um, actually, I mean, come to Brazil. They're not from Brazil. Why? Why does they want you to go to the it's, Brazil? It's a, it's a meme. It's a reference. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's that's Liz. Yes, I can guarantee yeah, no, that that's Liz. I, I, I know, I know. It just cracks me up. I'm your biggest fan. Come to Brazil. Um, I, I I can't shake the boomer in me. I I, I suppose I don't I don't know that meme. Um, 
but no, it's a, uh, it's, it's just such a, uh, it's just such a, a great community and a great time. And so I, I remember when I saw your booth last year and I, I meant to come over and I never did uh, because like I, you know, I had a bunch of stuff going on with like the, like the panels I was hosting and all that. And I wanted to connect with you then. And just the, you know, uh, I, I, th- I think I followed you on Twitter shortly after that. Um, but knowing that you were going to be at Sidefest this year, I wanted to make sure and get that, that uh, connection early on. Um, I want to tell you a story too, since, uh, since uh, um, Liz is here in the chat, we, uh, we recently had a staff meeting the other night. And uh, one of, one of the things that we uh, sent out to attendees and dealers was a survey. And one, one of the questions was like, hey, how did you find out about Sidefest? And one of the um, one of the comments was that they found out about Sidefest on Instagram. And we, we were scratching our heads trying to figure out what, what Instagram. I mean, it's like I've posted a couple things. Uh, the convention has posted a couple things. But there's one person more than anyone else that's posted about Sidefest on Instagram. And, and that's I raised my hand. I'm like, I'm pretty sure those are Ashley's posts. I kind tag of, them uh, every time. Yeah, they every have time. an Instagram page. It might not be active, but I still tag it. We're trying, <laughs> but yeah, no, Instagram is actually the social media network. I get the most traction on surprisingly. I've heard from other people that they're like, I have a hard time. I have a hard time doing the Instagram game and the algorithm just doesn't like me. But, uh, I have like I'm getting really close to a thousand followers on Instagram, which is like, it's not much, but it's a lot for me. It's the, the social media account that's got the most. And, I had my Optimus Prime portrait did like 1,500 likes in like three days and my sound wave broke, was my first post ever break a thousand. And for some reason, I've just been getting picked up on Instagram lately. And so it's like the perfect storm for that because it was the exact same time I was like really going hard on the Sidefest promotion. Absolutely. Well, we're uh, we're grateful for that that symbiosis that we have. It's like you know everybody's helping everybody because that's 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 part of community, right? You oh, yeah, know, that's, totally. That, I want to get more involved. I was talking to Liz about doing well because in the past they've had uh, exclusive things and they have exclusive art there, but they haven't had a new one in a little bit. And I was talking to Liz and I'm like, I want to get in on this. I, I mm-hmm. could, I could do it if, if that's cool. And yeah, it sounds yeah. like an awesome thing. And I just like, anyway, I can kind of give back to that and just promote it because it's like, you know, it's all in our mutual interest to get this thing off the ground. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, so Sidefest was a blast. Um, You know, great to uh, make that connection. But you had shared with me, you were like, hey, man, I'm... I, I'm part of this really cool project. Oh no, actually, I'm I'm sorry. I said, oh man, I'd really like to uh, get you on for an interview, oh, yeah. do an our oh, spotlight and all that. Yeah, I was going I, at the convention. I went into it with a plan. I was like, this year I've got to meet up with Mike Cyber. I got to, yeah, yeah. I got to, I got to, because I mean, especially because you were, you know, loving all the stuff I was posting, and I was like, I got to connect with this guy. I gotta, I gotta do something. We gotta. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, so you uh, uh, so you came up to me like you you were all set up uh, much much sooner than I was. I kind of rolled in a little too late, and it's it's weird because like you know since I'm a podcaster, I don't really have like art 
or tchotchkes or really much of anything. I got a candy dish and some flyers. <laughs> so, um, uh, but anyway, like I, I appreciated that you uh, came up to me straight away and said, you know, hey man, we we need to do something. And you know, I I was thinking we were just going to coordinate something like this, like what what we're doing now. And you're like, no bro, I got something. And, uh, you know, you, you talked about this, um, fan comic project, uh, that you've got coming up with, uh, uh with some other really awesome folks that we're going to talk about later. And, um, then that, that kind of became what the, what the thrust of it is, is going to be. It's like, we're going to do this epic reveal of what this project is and you're going to name your collaborators and, and, we're, and, and we're going to talk about it because I, I was, I was really excited by, uh, the, the bits that you shared with me and you texted me some, uh, uh work in progress. And, uh, so yeah, just, just really excited to talk about that. But before we get there, you know, one, one of the things that I, I like to do in these artist spot light interviews i'm a comic book guy and you know i i like all this fandom stuff and i'm a sucker for an origin story so you know i i kind of like talking about you know where where uh where we are where we were and then ultimately uh where we're going so that that's kind of kind of the order of operations here but um i i guess for starters let's let's go even further back uh liz really likes your minecraft lamp by the way it's a cool lamp i love it I, it is a rad favorites. lamp and incidentally so tangents within tangents <laughs> i i love your your entire setup that you've got going on there oh yeah it was empty i just i just added some guys just to just to make it a little bit more interesting um because i'm just in my bed right now i don't i don't really have like a desk set up right now uh so i was like well I don't want it to just be an empty window and I could put some transformers there, show off my collection, at least a little bit, you know, a lot of it's in storage, but I grabbed some movie guys that I do have. I've got, you know, Rodimus and Galvatron fighting. I got my MP36. I, I didn't want to pull down too many star screams just cause I have a lot of star screams and they're all clumped together. And when you start moving star screams out of the big display, then they all fall down. And so, uh, I only have one star scream, but I have more star screams. Gotcha. But you got the movie star screams. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I got the coronation. I have more coronation star screams. He's not the only one, but he's the the, the most recent coronation star scream to come out. So uh, again, I, I I I think I'm just enough tangents deep where I can still dig <laughs> us out of this and talk Yo, about yeah, the. Sorry, yeah. But but no no, you're fine. It's all it's all me. Um, I. Uh, listeners of my show have uh, heard me talk about up until when it was first announced the Coronation Starscream figure, and I was salty about what what the set was going to include. It's like, all right, so fine. It's it's a it's it's Earthrise uh, Starscream, which is fine because that's probably the best contemporary uh seeker mold uh yeah, so he's i pretty good yeah yeah so so i'm not going to be mad about that obviously you got the cape and the shoulder pads and and the crown and and all of that but then i was i was salty about the throne no and I, I was agree. i was salty for a number of reasons one um 
Well, I don't know which is one, but one, it was the price point. It's like okay. you're, 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 you're accessory packing to get to leader class price point. And that felt very cash grabby to me and it didn't quite sit right. But then as a fan of Transformers, the movie, I was like, yeah, but that chair isn't in the movie that's, that's not that's what i was thinking yeah that's why he doesn't have the throne i don't get the throne i don't know where that came from actually do do you know where uh what that chair goes to is it uh, well i've seen people put their g-axis in it is it g-axis no no is it, it, it something actu- it actually goes back to uh more than meets the eye part one it's the uh it's the nemesis throne it's the captain's chair that megatron is sitting in when they're chasing the autobots to earth huh. so it, it goes back to 1984 it I has no i mean i just figured you know it's purple because all the decepticon stuff is purple you know sure but yeah, I yeah, I never noticed that. It really bugged me and it was almost a deal breaker for me. I I was that I was that salty about it, but since I'm so into the 86 movie and you know, I, I the the deal I make is pretty much anything that has a Transformers the movie call out on it, I buy. Um and I've I've bought a bunch of toys that I probably don't need to but uh but but they say the transformers the movie on them so anyway that's that that's kind of where my collection goes so i'm super into the studio series 86 line and i was just just grumbling about this chair i was like come on i don't need this this 25 dollar chair in my collection but then i got it and I've gotten more play value out of that dumb chair than I think the figure like, you know, so like my coronation Starscream just kind of like sits on the side of my desk. But I actually started a uh, another Twitter account, uh, Starscream's throne at Screamer. That's me. I'm Screamer chair 86. And so I just started putting other figures and objects and things in the chair and <laughs> I, I had such a blast with it. It is it is just the funnest thing. And so for something that I was so salty about, uh it's it's actually brought me a, a lot of entertainment. It's uh because like it's it, it's a great size. You know, yeah. you can um you can put deluxes in there and they they you know they feel a little small. Um like Star Wars Black Series, Marvel Legends, uh uh G.I. Joe Classified series, all of like those Hasbro six inch scale figures, they all fit in there very nicely. Now ironically, have you ever tried to fit him? in the throne because he can't sit in that damn throne. Like mine is sitting in storage. I I have a policy where if it's Starscream, I'll buy it. I buy sure. any Starscream that comes out. But I I that throne went right into storage. Yeah. He can't sit in it. <laughs> like because he's got this butt flap from his jet yes. mode. And I mean first of all the, the cape, you know, you're gonna have to take off the cape if you want him in the throne because the, the cape's obviously not fitting. But then his butt doesn't sit flat because his legs only go up that high and he's got this flap here and he just looks super awkward trying to sit in the throne. It looks like he's hovering above it every time. And that's funny. You must, you you must have read my pin tweet because uh, yeah. Hovering over the seat, like a public toilet, a studio series, 86 coronation stars room. Can't. So there's this gap. There's this gap. I don't get it. His wings, it just blocks the throne. It just doesn't, it's not for him. 
Yeah, for all of the figures that fit in that throne so well, ironically enough, Starscream is not one of them. And and yeah. and again, not not to be a uh, uh, crude or gross here. It's a, it's a family show, but like that. Uh, um, his his skirt there is unflattering. It just kind of yeah. flips up, and it's it's it's, <laughs> it's a little just, too it's a little it's too basic instinct for my taste. I don't. His arms are not going to reach those armrests. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work, but but I tell you what that 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 stupid chair is so much fun, um, more more fun than I ever anticipated having with with a stupid hunk of plastic. Uh, Liz posted in the chat: When is someone going to print the giant ship uh, shaped like the con insignia? Um, uh, what are those called? The world? I think they're called world sweepers. Something like if that. If I recall correctly, yeah, yeah. I need to reread more than meets the eye. Totally. Well, we all months. do. I mean, it's it's any time is a good time for uh you for MTMT. Read at least a year. At least a year. Mm-hmm. At least once a year. Kind of kind of similar to the movie, actually. Like you know, it's just oh, it's just uh, yeah, a, a ritualistic revisit. No, I was just saying to my girlfriend, I'm like, it's been a couple months since we've seen the movie. We we got to watch the movie again. I love it. That's awesome. So, okay. So, uh, let's, uh, let's get back on track a little bit. Yes. So, you know, obviously you're a huge Transformers fan. Obviously you're an incredibly talented artist, but let's kind of talk about the origin of Ashley Artley. Um, I, I, I find it, I find it a little bit tricky to, to, to start because sure everybody always says, Oh, how long have you been drawing for? And I always found that a weird question. I found it a weird question my entire life because, you know, everybody scribbles on paper when they're a baby. And so I, that's when I started drawing and I've just been drawing ever since. Um, but I, I can say that more specifically, uh, I started drawing Transformers in 2018. I mean, seriously, when I, when I was a kid, I would make up my own Transformers and draw those and stuff. But in, in 2018, I think I read... I started reading more IDW and, and that really kicked off my drive to become a good Transformers artist. Uh, actually, I think I can pull that up. I can pull up one of the first Transformers pictures I did like seriously, if I can find it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not as good. I'm, I'm going to prepare everybody. It's not as good as, as uh, my more modern stuff, but it's, you know, we're talking about origin stories. I drew this back in 2017, I think. Um, yeah. So this was a, a picture of Starscream I did a long time ago. Uh, and, and and it was, it was surprisingly challenging. So I, I started, I'm like, okay, I'm going to actually study this and figure out how to do this. And I'm going to do this right. Um, and at the time I was drawing Sonic. I, I was drawing a lot of Sonic because that's kind of like, that was like my main <laughs> Liz said, Oh, this isn't as good as my modern stuff. Post the Mona Lisa. The Mona Lisa doesn't have a face that disproportionate. <laughs> um, I might be a little bit too hypercritical, but anyways, so it, I, I was drawing lots of Sonic and stuff and I was posting those on Twitter because I wanted to be, I wanted to draw for IDW uh, their, for their Sonic comic. And so I was practicing towards that, but, nobody nobody cared nobody gave a shit about my sonic drawings i couldn't get likes on those to save my life but uh i started posting transformer stuff and people did like that like no matter what i drew people were like whoa and so i was like 
okay. I, I, if it gets following, I guess I'm going to draw some more Transformers. And so I just started practicing and practicing Transformers. Uh, but that kind of goes all the way back to when I was a kid because I've always loved Transformers. That's uh, World asks, do you feel like Sonic is more saturated than Transformers? Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, it is because it's it's Sonic. I I, I was actually going to I was going to ask you about that too because uh, uh, apparently there there are slivers overlapping slivers in that Venn diagram between Transformers fandom and Sonic fandom because like yes. I, I I have a few friends that are as much into Sonic fandom as as they are into Transformers and and right in the very middle of that Venn diagram is uh Jack Lawrence because. Jack Lawrence does both. He's right. actually, since Transformers ended, started marketing himself more as a Sonic artist, but I love him for both. Um, uh, and in addition to that, uh, David M is the editor for both series. Well, mm-hmm. was the editor for Transformers, not anymore, uh, but but was he is still the editor for, uh, for Sonic. Um, right, right. And yeah, of course, yeah. they're both IDW now. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think that uh speaking from maybe i'm just projecting but also they're definitely both some uh my mom says i recall some great characters from super mario and thomas the tank engine when ashley hivick was in single digits Aww. um the uh the uh, this is might be me projecting but transformers and sonic and in, in terms of fandoms are both uh really desirable interests for autistic people and and that might just be me projecting because that's i know that that has to do with why i like both of them but uh you know transformers just as toys are super tactile and interesting and they've got cruel they've got cool mechanics and they all turn into awesome cars and and then sonic i don't know what sonic is i don't know why autistic people like sonic so much but i know i did and then as i grew up i just learned that was the stereotype of Sonic, and I was like, oh, I I, I, I guess I matched the description. Um, but but going back to my origin story, uh, when I was a kid, I uh, I don't remember when I started liking Transformers, actually. And I've, I've asked my mom before, I was like, do you remember what got me into this? And it's it's too far back in my memory to remember. I, I It must have been, I was born in 1999, so it must have been some... I, did, I didn't have any Robots in Disguise 2001 stuff. So it, it was all Unicron Trilogy. Um, and I had, I think Armada was over and Energon was there because I, I remember I have I have a vague memory of getting the leader class Megatron um, in the store. Uh, I have memories of seeing Energon guys on shelves. Um, but... It was them and my mom would, she really liked buying me stuff on an eBay auction. So she was all the time, she'd buy me some G1 stuff, but lots of Armada stuff because that was last year's line. And so there was lots of Armada stuff used on eBay and stuff. And uh, I I just loved them. I loved the chunky aesthetic of those, uh, of those Unicron trilogy guys. And they would have these little, they don't do them anymore, but they had the little, booklets the little catalogs you know of all the stuff from the wave and i would just spend hours pouring over those and the art in them in in it just just struck a chord with me and i and this goes hand in hand with dreamwave comics because you know it was all the same group of people but uh 
uh, you had, you know, Figueroa and uh, Guidi and um, uh, James Ray's did some packaging art, I think. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else off the top some of my head. Some very early Alex in there, right. I think. Alex Milne for Dreamwave, uh, he, he started doing the background art um, and then started uh, actually getting a little bit more into it, but right around the time Dreamwave ended. Um, but I don't know if he did any packaging art. It was mostly the packaging art because I didn't have the Dreamwave comics. Oh, I see but what you're they saying. They were yeah, the yeah. same artists. And so a lot of people think of them as the same style, you know? And it's like a lot of Dreamwave style was built around Pat Lee being like, draw like me, draw my marshmallow guys. Um, <laughs> and people, people talk a lot of shit about Pat Lee's marshmallow shaped transformers, but that was actually something that really appealed to me and something that I still try to. Uh, replicate to some degree obviously with a little bit more concern for things like proportion yeah uh, but i love and and james rays did the puffy style way better than pat lee ever could but the the roundness of the shapes i i i like the idea that they're they're chunky robots they're big and square but they're not hard edges and that's something that has always appealed to me. I even did that back in my 2017 Starscream that 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 was like my first time trying a Starscream. Uh, the beveled edges and the roundness yeah, to yeah. the squares. It's not just a cube because anybody can draw a cube. But uh, when they made the animation models for G1, they had all these beveled edges. And it's super 90s Gundam style to, to do those beveled edges. And I... Loved that, and I loved if you just make it a little bit more round than it should be. It makes everything feel a little bit more organic. It makes it, and that's something that is a is a is something that's a really important feature of good Transformers art is when it's like a good balance between organic and robot. And so those were the things I looked at when I was a kid, and those are the things that I remembered as a kid, and I kept those in my mind and they influenced my my values as a transformers artist um because that's that's what i wanted to be like because i just thought that was the coolest stuff and uh and and then it just kind of went from there and that's cool 17 i didn't really draw much in the middle section i drew a lot when i was a kid and i started drawing again in 2017 but in the middle it was all sonic and art school Interesting. That that's so interesting. And you know, uh, uh, Joseph pon- uh, posted in the in the chat as a good reminder. Uh, Chris McFeely uh, does his uh, Sonic the Comic podcast along with uh, Transform. Yeah, I didn't know he. I didn't know he had one. I'm gonna have to go subscribe to that. I I, <laughs> I haven't checked it out. But I, I love what Chris McFeely does with the basics. So, um, you know, his uh, his vocal delivery is like a warm bath. It's just very comforting yeah. and yeah. it's a, it's very soothing, has a, yeah. has a great texture to it. So I, we, I, I don't agree with his takes on, on shattered glass, but his, his work on the wiki in uh, the basics is just, uh, it's just an amazing service to the community that can't be overlooked. So just uh just for uh my own knowledge or or folks that are watching that might not know what what are the takes on shattered glass you don't agree with because I I oh, don't I don't he, I don't really mess around with shattered glass too much. It was he, he got there was discourse on Twitter. I don't mm. I try not to I don't like Twitter discourse. I try to stay off of Twitter. Um, Smart. I pretty much just use it for my art. But people were mad at him because he 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 had some 
hot takes about not liking shattered glass. I think that it was mostly just because I think he didn't like that they were repaints or something. I don't want to. Mm. I don't want to paraphrase too much because i definitely sure. don't want to accidentally say things about him that are not true and, yeah yeah uh, and i i didn't mean to put you on the I, I just, spot he didn't that, like but... shattered glass he doesn't like shattered glass okay. i'm like how do you know okay. like shattered glass i although i've been seeing lately since this new shattered glass line come out people coming out of the woodwork being like shattered glass is dumb i don't want to see i don't want to see it's just it's it's a silly concept the good guys are bad guys and the bad guys are good but i think shattered glass is super inventive and it's a really interesting uh, breakdown of all their characters, you know, because it's like, I mean, I haven't read, I, I still haven't read it. I, I really need to read it, but I, I know I love the concept of, of Optimus Prime because Shattered Glass Optimus Prime isn't just Megatron, you know, he's as ruthless as Optimus Prime is noble. And that creates a totally different archetype than Megatron is the main villain. And I think that's really cool. Right. And and aspects like, say, Starscream's vanity, you know, still mm-hmm. carry over to yes. his his, you know, more good guy version. It's it's amazing. I love Shatterglass Starscream. Yeah, it's it's and it's it's yeah. And and so I, I think that it's more creative than people give it credit for. But a lot of people are just like, it's just repaints. It's just it's just an easy excuse to repaint everybody. And, and that's true. That's true. Sure. You know, credit where it's due. I just think it's cool. Yeah, but who cares? I mean, it's yeah. like, you know, you either you can either buy them or you don't. It's right. like I I I am more than happy to have more members of my sideswipe army and as soon yeah. as they they make somebody in shattered glass with the seed sideswipe mold, I'm going to buy I don't it. Know I don't how even they care. Haven't done sideswipe. He's a very very obvious low-hanging fruit choice yeah. to make. I yeah. don't get it. I don't get I don't get a couple of the decisions about shattered glass like them putting flame war in shattered glass was weird you beat me to it i was gonna say i'm gonna throw some gas on this conversation let's talk yeah. about a uh, shattered ga- glass flame war for a yeah. sec <laughs> yeah no i i pre-ordered her yeah. um and i love that they found a way to work in her bow yeah that's genius because now that the taraxodon mold has been used as an axe and as a bow and as a gun for uh jackpot right um but i, I you know i want a flame wars I don't care how they get her. I guess her Decepticon symbol is the wrong color, but I've never really been one to care what color the symbols are. Animated had a bunch of silver symbols on everybody, and that was fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, well, and, and like like Liz said here in the chat, uh, Flame Wars' whole existence is so weird. And, and That's true. That's true. Yeah. She's not really a G1 character. She's just a everywhere character like Slipstream. Right. And, and, but that's why I'm excited that that figure exists. It's like, I, yeah, I, yeah sure. It's not a good fit for Shattered Glass yeah. or whatever, but if it's the difference between getting that figure and not, because that's, that's a breakout character from IDW2. There, there's a lot yeah. of Flame War stands just based yeah. on IDW2. Right. And she alone kind of makes me want to read it. I haven't read most of IDW2 because I just find it hard to get into. I I don't like the direction and I was a little bit salty about them canceling Lost Light. But uh it's um yeah, no, she really makes me want to read it. Uh the Ascenticons thing, it sounds interesting. I don't understand it, so I can't really talk about it, but uh it does interest me and especially the fact that now she's a character. Right. Right, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, again, I, I'd rather the character than not. Uh, but but we uh, we got a little bit off track, and, and we were yeah, talking— Yeah, I don't remember where we were. I'm oh, lost. it's fine. No, no, I— 
I I got you, homie. Where uh, uh, so you were you were talking about your early fandom being into the Unicorn trilogy and kind of that that dream wave uh, aesthetic, and then you had also mentioned to me when we were uh, when we were chatting earlier that that kind of dovetails into your uh, um, entry for Transformers the movie. So I yes. figured since since we're here, let's uh, let's go ahead and un- uncork that and talk about that for a few. Yeah, because I mean, today's the day. I don't remember when the first time I saw Transformers the movie was, but I know I had this VHS tape. I've learned since, I think it was like the 1999 re-release of the VHS tape. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watched that on repeat. I loved that movie. I mean, how can you not? I everything about it, it just works really well. Some people, you know, have problems with it. You know, some people say it hasn't aged that well. And it's like, sure, it's it's, you know, very 80s and very much a cash grab movie. But it's I don't know. This this, has got to be a hundred percent nostalgia fueled take, but it's just freaking perfect. Yeah. I, I but I had that VHS tape and I watched it all the time. And that was, you know, that I like Rodimus more than Optimus Prime when it comes to leaders because I watched that movie and not the show. Um I I eventually because I had that movie, I eventually uh had like a DVD of like the first five or so episodes of G1, mm-hmm. uh, which actually led to me liking Hound more than Bumblebee because in more than meets the eye part one, two, and three hound is the kid appeal character, not Bumblebee hounds riding around with spike. They retconned it to be Bumblebee like a few episodes later and, and people, you know, the rest is history, but I never liked Bumblebee. I was a hound kid. Um, but that movie made me like the G one characters because I didn't, I didn't watch Armada and, and, and Energon. I had the toys, but I didn't know what channel the show came on. I still don't actually but you know the vhs was always there and my dvds were always there and i just will watch things on repeat because i i don't have that part of my brain that gets bored of something um and so i i just i i I just loved all the characters in it and uh when you watch that movie without having seen g1 season one and two, I think it kind of makes the movie a little bit different because a lot of people were devastated when Optimus Prime died, obviously. But when you watch the movie without having seen the whole show, you go into it not with an attachment to Optimus Prime, wanting to see Optimus Prime. You go into it with Optimus Prime's existence being kind of like an origin story. That's the guy. That's the guy everybody wants to be like. That's the cool leader. And then, oh no, he's died. And that's the when you when you don't think of it as that's the what the movie's about, Optimus Prime is dead, and you think of it more as the inciting incident, when the Autobots lose their leader, who's gonna rise up and take the place? That's a cooler movie. That's a cooler movie when you don't have the attachment to all the Autobots that died. When you can look at that movie as just a story about Ultra Magnus being thrust into leadership and not being able to take on the role and uh, Hot Rod being the kid who's not ready for the role and becomes ready throughout the course of the movie, that's a cool-ass story. And and that's how I loved it, because I didn't watch all the season and get attached to Optimus Prime. So I was okay when he died, because sometimes, you know, in the beginning of the movie, the person's idol dies, and then they have to fill their shoes. That's just, 
you know? And, and so I, I, I love, I loved every second of that movie and um, it, you know, made me a Transformers fan for life. I've said in a number of different ways in a number of different places, my, I, I am first and foremost a fan of Transformers the movie. I've I've called it my favorite movie uh, because it, it left such an impression on me when I was a kid. I, I was seven years old, went to the movie theater, saw it, and I remember vividly one of the commercials. It's like, it's so big, it's so exciting, you gotta see it twice to take it all in. And yeah. I remember going to my mom specifically, I gotta go again. Well, I, what, the commercial told me to, and she's <laughs> like, well, we'll see. And and sure enough, uh, she was able to take me again before, uh, um, uh, before it left theaters quickly. Um, but no, it's so, so I'm always fascinated uh, having conversations with folks that um, that are different ages, different experiences than myself, because mm-hmm. like you know, I I have a whole bunch of friends that look exactly like me with stories that are very similar uh, to mine, which is fine and cool. But I'm really interested in uh, the experiences that folks that don't look like me have with this piece of art that I value so much. Right. So I. I, I really appreciate your your insight and take uh, no, and on I the movie. I fell into a weird category in that, and and that's something that that makes me like talking about my experience because I do end up falling into a kind of weird minority because it's because because I'm 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 like young enough to be a Gen Z Transformers fan that still primarily likes G one, and I'm. St- Still, but I'm still old enough to whereas I was cynical when the Bay movie came out. I still watched it. I still liked it. I still do like it. But I was old enough to whereas it came out. And I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. That's a weird take for the movie to go. I'm a little bit iffy about the direction that it's it's because it's not G1. And, and I was like six. No, I guess I would have been eight. I was eight and I was having that opinion of this movie like like you know g oneers would have been doing when they were in their 20s i think if i'm doing my math right yeah because that'd be I, about I had right VHS tape uh, and um and i talk to people all the time that are my age and their favorite franchises are armada or energon or usually not energon or uh <laughs> 2007 there's so many people my age that their favorite thing is a bayverse um but it's 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 less frequent that I run into people who grew up with Transformers, are my age, but then still are like, yeah, I like the old stuff. I like the classic stuff. Yeah, you're right. There, there's there's kind of like a postmodernism to it. And the thing that I've learned as a uh, a crusty old G oneer, you know, a, a G one from day one, um, I've learned that. The the magic of Transformers is that there are so many entry points, so many different yeah. iterations and so many different things for so many generations. And it took me a few to kind of get over my prejudice of right. like, uh, oh, well, you know, this isn't G1. The, the, this isn't for me. The Losing tr- cynicism. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and kind of, uh, you know, a, a whole lot of trunk, not a truck, not monkey, you know, you yeah. know, you know how how us uh, uh, boomers do. But, you know, it's uh, I, I've learned 
as I've gotten older and have done more of this, like where I'm I'm getting to know people and having conversations, I've learned the value of those different entry points. Like I, I was really cynical about the Bay movies, but I've had more than a few folks close to me break it down and say like, buddy, that entry point is somebody's G1. That's them interacting with that at seven years old is the same thing as you interacting with Transformers, the movie when you were seven. And it just like unlocked it for me. I just I I just refused to see it before. And now I I celebrate all those entry points. It's like because it's all Transformers. And it's like I, you know, I, I think people get too attached to continuity and too attached to. I need a sequel of this thing. I need more of the same thing. But it's like when you're able to uh, get over that desire for a repeat of something that you like and um, something that's that's the same but different, you just broaden your horizons in an extreme way. Like Transformers, the movie is amazing and stuff. And it's very different from you know, the Bayverse, obviously, but Transformers Dark of the Moon is like one of the coolest Transformers stories ever. It does so many things exactly like you would want to have in a Transformers movie. And it's got tons of pros. It's got tons of, of, of things about it that are awesome, that are completely unique to the Bayverse that, that, that Transformers G1 could never touch, you know? And, and it's like when you can find that appreciation, everything, you know, just like everything just becomes so much more amazing because you just doubled the amount of content you have to consume, you know? Right. And and more toys, too. You and know, more toys. Exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, because, you know, if you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Because at, at the end of the end of the day, whether we try to fool ourselves or not, this is a franchise designed to sell toys. Right. And and it's like, interesting. What am I going to do? Collect half of the star screams and leave out the giant gray triangle ones? Hell no. <laughs> yeah. Dorito chip star scream. I love yeah, it. He's amazing. He looks <laughs> awesome. And the F-22 is a really cool looking plane. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Liz asked in the chat, when do Star Wars fans find that out? Never. I don't know Never. anything about I don't know anything about Star Wars and uh sometimes the way they be acting makes me think I don't need to. Yeah. It, you know, <laughs> My we'll just tried put... to show it to me, but I don't know, it's just not for me. I don't know. Growing up yeah. I was not really into Star Wars. Although I think I grew up in in a bad era for Star Wars. I think yes. I think that when I was a kid was when all the prequel movies that are controversial were coming out. And I think that, yeah. Absolutely. Well, and like Liz said, uh, also late nineties babies that got lost in the loop. And I think, yeah. I think that's uh I think that is appropriate as well. Um, so like, uh, as we kind of transition, cause I'm looking at, uh, at my time and wouldn't you know, we've talked a whole lot. Um, I think, uh, what do you think, Ashley? Do we want to talk about your uh, your exciting project and then loop we back totally around can. to other stuff? Because I, I would I still yeah. want to I still want to ask you about your uh, your art and your process. And so, like, I'm not yes. an artist myself, so I don't 
I don't I don't know how to make stuff like this a thing that happens in the world. And it's just it it's amazing. I think your art is incredible and I, I'm I'm interested in learning more about that. But I think we've had folks here on the hook for long enough teasing yeah. out that we're gonna talk yeah. about an incredible new project and I, I think we should do that before we get any further. How's uh, how's that sound? Absolutely. You you told me a little bit about this project enough to uh, get me very intrigued where it's like, uh, oh, th- this this is something I could be very excited about. And, th- and then you started name dropping some of the folks that you're working with. I'm like, oh, I-, I know them. I interact with them on Twitter.com. Yeah. So I'm just. Uh, uh, I, I, yeah, it's uh, so I, I guess it started a couple months ago at this point. Mm-hmm. Um it was while I was getting all the stuff ready for Sidefest, so I was busy and hesitant to commit to a project like this. Um, but uh, I, I guess, w- so what ended up happening was I uh, found, uh, I, I think I already followed him before, uh, Jim Stafford on Twitter. Uh, he's a really cool artist. He does, uh, he's done, he did one of the covers for Last Boss Standing. But I, re- I recognize, I followed him probably because of that. Um, but he was doing, uh, he, he, if you, you can probably find it on his, because his, he's uploaded a couple of pages of it. He was doing a comic called uh, Thunder Clash Goes Bananas. <laughs> um, and uh, I saw just, it was just the first issue of it. I think the only, maybe the first issue had been done at the time. Um, but I thought it looked really cool because, you know, he's a really good artist and um but i the name kind of struck me because i'm like thunder clash goes bananas what the hell is that going to be about and i i i dug a little bit deeper i started looking at the people involved and the artist not the artist sorry the writer of it uh, a guy by the name of joseph england uh he does his his handle on twitter is uh at brainstorm underscore doctor i think i wrote it down uh yeah um, uh, and he, so he, he was in the, he was in the, in the replies, um, credited as the writer. Um, and so I, I looked into it and I could, f- I, I found he, he'd uploaded the whole script on a website, um, for the comic. And so I, I, I dug into it a little bit and I was like, that's kind of really interesting. And it's a comic called Thunder Clash Goes Bananas, um, and the uh, premises of it, the, the premise of it is uh, that Thunder Clash crash lands on Earth and something happens with his TCOG and it scans a gorilla. And Thunder Clash becomes a gorilla while the predators are chasing him down. And uh, him and the, uh, I want to say Turbo Masters, but I think that that's not the right group. Is the Turbo Masters? Yeah, yeah. Like- yeah, him and the yeah, Turbo yeah. Masters have all, to fight all the those predators. weird European era. Um, yeah, that that whole sub team. But he's a freaking gorilla, and I was like, "That's ridiculous." Um, and I, I dug a little bit deeper. I guess it's it it's it's uh, it comes from uh, um, Gavin Spence, uh, the guy who does TRDQ. He drew a picture of Thunderclash. This is a regular Thunderclash. He wasn't a monkey yet, um, but it, it was called thunder clash goes bananas and um uh joseph he I, i'm pretty sure he said that he wants to go into writing and so he just does 
you know, writing for fun and stuff as practice. And uh, he had written a whole script based on the title Thunder Clash Goes Bananas. And I, it, it struck a chord with me uh, for the silliest reasons, actually, um, that I'm kind of really excited to talk about uh, a little bit later. But sure. I, I, I commented on I, I commented on it. And I was like, this is really freaking cool. And uh, one of them, I don't remember which, which one of them, it was either Jim or Joseph, reached out to me. And they're like, we're still looking for artists to draw the other three issues if you're interested. And I'm like, am I interested? That's a lot to take on, but that kind of sounds cool. And I, I read over the script a couple of times. And I thought about it, and I, I agreed. And I'm doing issue two of Thunder Clash Goes Bananas, the whole second issue. Oh my um, gosh! And they've got uh, it's going to be a total of four issues because in that original picture that Gavin Spence drew, it said it did that Transformers thing, uh, part one of four in a limited issue series, like the oh that's awesome comics. Um, and and so, and so, uh, and so. Joseph, Dr. Brainstorm was just like, well, we got to do four issues then. And so it's four issues long. Um, and uh, I'm doing the second issue a little bit later on after I agreed to. Uh, we got other artists. Uh, we've got uh, Nate Hammond uh, at Nate Phoenix 83 on Twitter. He did a very recently did a cover for uh, a fan comic called Transformers Reanimated um, that I believe one of the people on there is from Washington, actually. I think that it's a local comic because they also have a podcast or something, right? Yeah, I, I'm very familiar with that project. So I'm, uh, I'm a little bit less familiar with it, but I know that that's one of the most recent things he did that's been getting some traction. It was a really cool cover. Uh, yeah, that, that incredible jam poster. Yeah, really, really and, cool. Uh, he's going to do issue three and um, kind of a poetic justice since he he inspired it. Gavin Spence um, from TRDQ. Uh, he also actually, I, I'm saying Gavin Spence from TRDQ, but also I think more relevantly, Gavin Spence also did a Last Bot Standing cover that's very cool. Um, and uh, that, so he's going to do issue four um, and uh, finish it all up at the end. And so it's it's a really exciting thing to be able to get to work with these other artists because it's a really collaborative thing. And I just kind of crave that Transformers collaboration. And it's a nice way to get out there. Uh, all of us are interested in kind of expanding uh, our social media reach and sharing our respective uh, follower count. And, um, you know, it's going to be a, hopefully a really fun project. Um, so far, uh, a couple pages are done of issue one. I think the idea is that we're all going to start working on it just whenever we can. And so that it'll all kind of come out at about the same time ish uh, on a little bit of a sliding scale. Um, and uh, each issue is going to be about 15, 14 pages long. Um, and uh, when it's all done, uh, I, I think that the plan is that it's going to get a physical print release uh that will be uh that will have all the proceeds going to charity i believe that we've that we the way it's planned is that it's going to be going towards toy foo uh which is a charity that gavin spence has you know obviously has had a lot of interaction with um 
and uh, so that way we can make this physical comic uh, without having to, uh, you know, potentially run into copyright issues because we're not going to make a profit off of it. It's going to be a charity thing. And that way we can still get this physical media of this collaboration, um, which I think would just be really fun to get into some people's hands. I think that the current plan is to try to maybe sell it at some conventions or something um, whenever it's done. Um, and uh, so uh, recently, uh, Liz says, sorry, I've been driving and listening, but this sounds so cool. Uh, well, don't worry because we haven't done the big reveal yet. Uh, I finished <laughs> the, uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to use it as the cover. I am probably going to use it as the cover for my issue, issue two. Um, and a, I drew this really cool picture of Skyquake. You can put that up now. Um, and. Oh, that's, it, that is so cool. So, so this is, so this is, um, you, you got, you got gorillas, you got, this piece is amazing. Yeah. Cause like I, the idea behind it is I, 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 I wanted to make a comic book cover that, uh, my, my idea with covers is that they should kind of hint at what's going to go on in the story and in such a way that leaves the reader wondering what the hell is the context for this? And I thought, what better way to do that than to have Skyquake facing down with a bunch of gorillas? Why is he in Africa? Why is he angry at gorillas seemingly? What's going on? And um, it's also kind of nice because uh, there's going to be like a reveal at the end of issue one. Um of, of Thunderclash, because that's when he's going to get turned into the monkey. He's not a monkey as when the story starts. So I didn't want to draw Monkey Thunderclash on the cover of my issue. I figured I should save that, because it's like if the last page of the other one is Thunderclash as a monkey, and you're looking at all four issues, I wouldn't want issue two to just be the reveal. Yeah. Um, you got to draw so, folks in. You know, you in you addition to open that, the I cover. also yeah. figured... Skyquake's the bad guy in this. Skyquake's the main antagonist. Second issues are perfect times to is is the perfect moment to 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 kind of introduce the bad guy on the cover of the comic. Um, I feel like, and so I went for Skyquake looking at a bunch of the gorillas because uh, Thunderclash is going to kind of join a troop of gorillas um, and. Skyquake's the bad guy. And and so I really wanted something that made him look imposing, that showed off how big he is, because he's just a ridiculously large toy. Uh, like a couple years ago, I got uh, Machine Wars Starscream, who's a repaint of, of Skyquake. And that was my first time interacting with the mold. But I was like, this thing's huge. This thing is surprisingly, it's way bigger than it looks in pictures. And even next to his other guys, he's huge. So I wanted to make him look huge and... I wanted it to kind of have a cool contrast between, you know, his mechanical absurd color scheme and, uh, you know, the gorillas down below him. But I also wanted it to kind of look like the gorillas are staring him down, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because even though you can't necessarily see the gorillas' faces, there, there, there's, there's a, a power and authority there. It's like, yeah. Right. Even though you're, you're towering over me, giant robot, you're, you're in, in my house. You know, exactly, you're on, yeah. you're on my turf. So they, yeah. you know, just through, through the posing and, and positioning, they, they've, they've got that, uh, that great posture. Um, yeah. Awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, one of the other things I want, I want to call out while I'm, I'm 
just enjoying this art here is just what one of my favorite things about your art, whether whether whatever you're drawing is I, I love your vivid colors like mm-hmm. this. Uh, this green just pops that 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 nice neon green. I just well, I, I mean, Skyquake I, did all the work. He's he's colored like a freaking I don't know. He's, he's got extreme colors. He's got extreme yeah. colors. That's that's on him. That's you know. Right. There's no. It wouldn't do him justice if he wasn't extremely vivid. Exactly. No, I just I, I just really like it and just uh you know excellent composition and I, I think I think fans of your work that that they've seen so far will be will be very pleased and you know as soon as you shared with me as a hint that you were doing uh sequential stuff I uh, again I was I was just very excited because um you know again I I'm I'm very obviously a, a huge fan of your stuff and you know I I'm eager as a fan to see what that evolution is and what what that looks like i mean i love all your prints and stickers and all that other stuff but yeah let, let's let's see some storytelling too right well yeah i mean and i have i mean i don't know if i would say a, a history with um but but comics has always kind of been the been the been the goal i mean when i was a kid i i didn't really know what kind of job you could have that was that was based around drawing you know i I, i'm my brain was like i don't know people are cartoonists or animators or something but i never really wanted to be an animator per se um and comics are just kind of the 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 most natural place to to go if you want to draw things for a living draw lots of things draw weird stuff and there's it's just such a cool medium because i do like storytelling but it's like film is expensive to get into uh writing just doesn't really cut it for me um comics are like a perfect they're the they're they're a perfect spot because it's like you know you look at like underground uh zines comics are so accessible anybody can make a comic you know and so it's like even as a kid i was making like you know shitty little comics with just like folded paper and stuff and and it's just something that made sense to me and um you know, in high school, I did film. And I so I learned a lot about visual storytelling and visual framing and stuff. And at the same time, I was obviously doing art in school. And so I, you know, learned lots of things about uh, ways to convey feelings and ways to convey ideas through art and composition and stuff. And it all just kind of crosses over in comics in like the in, in just a way that speaks to my soul as an artist. And, and so you know, uh, comics have just been something that I've I've wanted to do for a long time. And when I was in high school, I was uh, it never went anywhere, and it's not anywhere on the internet. But I was making my own comic for a long time. I have like thirty or so pages. Um, I was doing them traditionally; they're all drawn traditionally. Um, of this comic I was doing that I was writing, that I was drawing, um, and uh, it never really went anywhere because I never finished it, just because. I was 19. I ended up having to go get a job. High school was done. I didn't have time for it. But, you know, that was always kind of the dream, you know, is, is doing comics. And so this is a nice way because just to kind of get into it because it's not it's not a whole lot. It's just 14 pages. Um, but it's still something that's going to be a really cool stepping stone into hopefully something more in the future. But it's like Transformers are freaking hard to draw in, tra- in, in comic form. I you know people really like my art but and people are always like why don't you draw for idw why don't you 
why aren't you drawing these Transformers? And it's like, guys, you got to understand, I'm really slow. It takes me a long time to draw Transformers. And when you're drawing for a comic, you've got to draw hundreds of Transformers a month. And it's like, am I, I've gotten a lot faster, especially preparing for Sidefest. That got me a lot faster because I was disciplined. I was like, these are the Transformers I'm going to draw to have ready for the convention. But even just for the convention alone, I had like seven more dudes I was planning on doing that I had to cut for both time and financial reasons that I just didn't end up drawing because it's like, you know, but I've gotten a lot faster. And, and so that said to me, I think I've kind of built the discipline to where I can draw 14 pages. I can get 14 pages done for this comic. I don't have a strict deadline either. And so I'm like, I, I can do this. This is going to be a good stepping stone to get me faster at drawing Transformers. Because it's like, I could draw a comic with people. That that wouldn't be, I mean, I've, of course, it'd still be difficult. It's like drawing a comic. But 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 transformers oh, it's, it take like eight times as long to draw as a person you know and so you know but every time i draw i get a little bit faster yeah well and, and i was gonna say uh, this is uh you know kind of unrelated to the project but like i've noticed just in the in the very brief time that i've known your artwork not not even known you because you know we're, we're still just kind of you know getting to know each other and and whatnot but like the i compare the prints that you had at Sidefest last year in 2021 compared to the stuff you brought oh, this yeah. year i mean that it's it's absolutely i mean just such a a uh, increase in xp and it's like well, i i see go ahead well well like i said no i've only been drawing transformer seriously since 2018 you know 2018 was when i made the decision i'm just i'm just fast i just i pick this shit up fast i i yeah, I, I, I'm kind of like that with everything. I either pick it up fast or I drop it immediately. Um, and Transformers is kind of stuck. And 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 I and I bust my ass. I I, I do a lot of. It, it comes from a lot of studying. I mean, I guess we can get more into that when it's time to talk more about my process. Sure. Um, but I I I've, I you know I, I I specifically and intentionally have practiced Transformers. You know more so than just you know, more so than just art in general, specifically Transformers lately. I gotcha. And uh, so before we uh, uh, pull the screen down, I just, uh, you know, again, I just want to call attention to just like the the intricacy of your work. And I think that's one of the things that that resonates with folks uh, so much. And even like some right. of the prints that I'll, that I'll show off here in a sec, there, there's, right. there, again, there, there's a level of detail. There's an intricacy to it. Um, what, uh, and maybe this is jumping topics a little bit, but like when you go to do a piece like either this or like some of your prints or some of your other stuff, what, what do you use? Like, do you just like set up a, a figure and just, uh, uh, use that as, as modeling or what, oh. what do you kind to use um, for for uh, reference. And I mean, sometimes I'll use figures, uh, but f frequently, I don't, it depends on which transformer it is. Um, a lot of transformers, I feel like, don't have enough articulation to kind of do the things you want them to do. I mean, obviously, I've got my Machine War Starscream, and I used him for detail reference, but I, I you can't put him in that pose; his legs don't move. Um, but a lot of transformers, you know, if they have the wrong proportions, then then you can't really use them to reference people. Um, 
but I, I think that usually I don't really use any uh, reference as far as as far as the posing goes. Um, I, I mostly I, I try not to have stock poses that I use, um, but I do have just some poses that I really like drawing people in. Um, that bumblebee one I, that you held up earlier, I feel mm -hmm. like is kind of a pose that I like to do a lot. Um, yeah. I'm not really sure if I've done it a lot or not. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't really do anything as far as, uh, as references for the posing at least. Oh, okay. Awesome. Um, so, uh, like I said, I kind of, kind of, uh, dragged us off, off topic a little bit, uh, before we move off of, uh, the project, you know, talking, talking about, uh, Thunder Clash goes bananas. Um, so it is, you know, you talked a lot about, um, the different folks that are involved and kind of the overall uh, pace for the project is uh, so um, any, any particular timelines for the, uh, the first issue or the beginning of it um, do any kind of like longer term goals. Cause now that we've teased it, um, do we know kind of like a general idea of uh, uh, when this might be starting? I'm not, a hundred percent sure. I mean, as far as started goes, uh, Jim's already been uploading uh, issues as, or not issues, uh, pages as as he finishes them. I think there's four. Uh, oh, okay. Three or four. Um, but uh, as far as the the, I'm, I'm I know that I think that the I think that I mean it, it's it's not super strict. Nothing super strict. But I I know that uh, I currently uh, everybody is kind of starting when they can. Um, but knowing that they don't have to finish their issues before the first issue is done. And I, I want to say Jim said it's going to be a couple of months before he's able to have the whole first issue done. Um, but I don't think that there's really a specific timeline on it as of yet, but I'm, you know, now that I'm involved publicly and now that I'm announcing my involvement in it, I'm going to obviously be probably posting about it more, uh, I haven't really been posting too much since the convention ended because I've been drawing a comic. Um, and so I haven't been able to upload that stuff yet because it's like, <laughs> it hasn't been announced yet. And so I was like, I need stuff to upload. I got to keep my traffic. Um, and, but now that, uh, now that that's out there, uh, I know I'm going to be uploading stuff in the meantime, but I don't think, I don't, I think I'm going to hold all my in pages of my issue back until, until that first issue is done. Um, but I, I feel like by the time it is done, I'll have at least most of my pages done. Sure. That, that's awesome. So if folks wanted to, uh, well, I, I guess the call to action would be to uh, keep an eye on your socials and everyone else's socials. I was going to say, like, is there is there a centralized point for folks to engage with Thunderclash Goes Bananas? Not yet. I figured I figured we'd probably set something up once there's a little bit more out there. It's still, you know, very early in the project. Very early, yeah. Um, yeah. But I'd say right now you're going to want to follow Jim Stafford just because he's the one uploading pages currently. Um, but follow all the artists involved and, uh, I'd say definitely also follow Dr. Brainstorm cause he's the one writing this thing and he's, you know, kind of the mastermind of the whole operation. Um, but yeah, all five of us, uh, our respective Twitters, that's, that's where you're going to be able to hear about it.
Cool. And and I'll have those linked in the show notes. Like I'll go back and re-edit the video so that everyone's handles are in there. And awesome. when I publish the podcast, uh, th- those uh, those will be easily uh, accessible links because, yeah, just just follow those folks because they cool. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> aside from the project, just, you know, yeah. they're 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 uh, they're really cool folks. Um, one thing I wanted to share with you, and I, I, I know you already saw it in the chat, but uh, um, uh, Joseph said something very sweet. I thought uh, the G1B oh, yeah. on your profile was why we chose you and i thought that that was really cool it was pinned at the time to my profile because it underperformed i i posted it expecting it to just do numbers because uh i i i don't know i felt like i'm like this is b is really cool i'm like it's bumblebee so you obviously you know get credit for just it being the kid appeal character um but i I felt like I, I really nailed his design and I did a cool desert background, like, you know, running around in the desert from G1. And and then it just kind of blew over like a lead balloon. And I was like, what the hell? Why, why did that one not really uh, take off? So I pinned it to my Twitter in hopes that more people would see it. Uh, and I guess it works. <laughs> I just happen to have it right here, so I have yeah. have my. Uh, so I, I'm I'm all for visual aids on a on a uh, um, uh, live stream here. I love this print, and uh, I you know it it should it should have gotten more traction. So I, I'm glad that it's kind of caught on in popularity. Um, yeah. What I like about it is that it has you know between like the uh, the desert scene and the blue sky, it's it's obviously very. Uh, Season one, G1, uh, very 1984. But like, you know, uh, part of the reason why I was asking you about uh, reference is because this is a, a um, I, I guess you would call it like an evergreen bumblebee because it's like it's not any particular figure. So I can't like point to it and say, oh, well, that's, you know, that that's Masterpiece Bumblebee's feet and things like that. There's there's some touches, but well, it. it Go ahead. When when I draw when I draw, well, because like, I mean, Evergreen Bumblebee. I mean, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna point out. I feel like a lot of people m- misuse the term Evergreen. Mm. Evergreen. There is a very specific Bumblebee that's Evergreen Bumblebee. Okay. It's Cyberverse Bumblebee. That's Evergreen Bumblebee. Oh. Um, okay. There's an actual whole line. Evergreen's a whole line. If you've ever been in a drugstore and seen those Authentics Transformers or whatever, those sure. are all Evergreen from the Evergreen line. Um. But, uh, but I, I actually, I like Evergreen Bumblebee. I was going to bring this up because you're talking about this Bumblebee. And earlier you mentioned my improvement over my last year stuff. But I, I drew this Bumblebee specifically to be G1 Bumblebee because last year I did have a Bumblebee print. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it up in the screen share in just a second. Um, I did have a Bumblebee print uh, that I... I liked at the time and it's, you know, it's still fine. It's still great. Um, it's, it's, you know, definitely shown its age. Uh, but, uh, that bumblebee I took in my own direction and you'll see what I mean, uh, when I show it, it's gonna, it's gonna suck for the people who are watching the podcast. They're not going to know cause they can't see the bumblebee. Um, the, uh, there we go. Uh, I think I shared it. Um, but this one compared to that new bumblebee, Age aside, um, I did things like he's got like the he's got black arms. I added more black. I added like the horizontal lines on the thighs from Evergreen Bumblebee. Um, I, I I gave him different kinds of details, and that's that's more of the kind of things I do when I when I take it in my own direction. Um, 
because I want to differentiate it from other versions of the same character. But the Bumblebee in that print you have, I, I strived to be uh, strictly a modernization of G1 Bumblebee. Uh, G1 Bumblebee, if he was animated with more of a budget and, uh, and you know, actually like transformed in, into the real life car, a more realistic Bumblebee, if you will. And so I added, you know, some details but like he's got those cylindrical arms that's a thing that g1 bumblebee has that most transformers don't whereas yeah when i did my own take on bumblebee i gave him just square arms although uh the lines on his shoulders is based on uh the current war for cybertron bumblebee mold oh uh, sure yeah yeah those cliff jumper the cliff jumper toy had those and, and yeah. i don't know i just liked them it looked a little bit nicer than having a completely blank surface um but actually, and, and then I, I say I don't use toy references, but I actually on that one did use a little bit of a toy reference because I had a really hard time translating the angles on his, his Volkswagen bug feet. And I, for that, I just used this little uh, New Age Bumblebee, the super oh, tiny. Oh, yeah. Um, because he's got the perfect proportions for it. He's got those really G1 mm-hmm. cartoon proportions, the yeah. proportions where you're like, how the hell does that thing turn into the car? That's not the chest doesn't proportionate to the feet yeah. and all, you know, and the very kind of, uh, I think people have been calling it like the tuner look or something like that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, that's, that's what I was going for. And, uh, that's kind of, uh, I, I did use him as a little bit of a reference for that, but mostly a reference for details, less so the posing. Yeah. Um, but it, it is, it's still, I could just like hold him in a specific position and be like, okay, that's how the foot looks in that position. And then kind of say, how does this toy do the, how does this toy do the feet? Because this toy actually transforms into a Volkswagen Beetle. How does this toy do it? And how can I incorporate that into my drawing? Absolutely. Well, and the last thing I wanted to point out before I set this guy down, one, one of the things that I, I really like and and enjoy about your art whether it's the older stuff or the newer stuff is that your faces are so expressive like <laughs> like this is to me this this is a a terrific likeness of bumblebee because he's you know he's got a big smile he he's you know he's got a lot of big sweet boy energy but like yeah. what you've done with his eyes it's like he's got almost a little bit of a furrowed eyebrow where yeah. you know there's there's you know i mean bumblebee could scrap you know when uh <laughs> when he wants to and i i and just i got the I, same thing going on kind of in the screen share one i mean it's exactly. definitely older it's a little bit you know i would go back and redo the face if I could. Um, sure. This picture is like three years old now, but you see, you know, similar idea. Um, and, and, and this might be uh, segueing into the whole, how I come up with my art and what I do for my yeah, art. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Take us the there. Faces. I have no bigger inspiration as far as transformers faces than Jack Lawrence. Um, sure. Jack Lawrence, the way he does his transformers faces is, is something really, uh, special because he all of his transformers they look robotic they they have the inorganic shapes they have the nice crisp edges but he his faces are so expressive he has this perfect balance between that's a real living person and that's a machine and uh that really shines through in his in his facial expression work um he he just 
so I always look to him for a reference. Um, when I'm, when I'm trying to come up with faces, I try to, uh, specifically look and, and see how can I really sell this emotion because it's it, transformers faces don't work quite the same as human faces and all, all transformers are different. You know, they all have lines in different places on their faces and, uh, some transformers don't have faces at all. You know, um, I, one of the ones I did for the convention, I did a, of, of, I did like a romantic picture of Chrome Dome and Rewind. Neither of them have a mouth or eyes. Yeah. And that provided a special challenge in terms of, of, of making that expression with the transformers faces. And it's been an uphill battle. I find that, oh Yeah. I find that the the faces is, is, is one of the hardest parts of, of these transformers. Yeah. I, um, I, I'm all trying to shove that I into with, with, <laughs> with just, my pink. I could pull up the art, the the original one with the screen share again. Oh, let's uh, just do that. Yeah, that, that seems easier. Um, yeah, right. I mean, I, but, I still uh, want to like show off was... the pin pack and say, look at this craftsmanship. We we had an entire conversation at Cybefest about the uh, uh, the time and consideration and craftsmanship that you put into these uh, these special Cybefest 2022 exclusive yeah. pin packs. And you had uh, you had mentioned that there, um, or maybe I said it and you agreed with me, but basically, like this is for box collectors, and yes. that. That that really resonated with me because anybody that knows me knows I'm I'm a box collector. I'm one of those guys. It's just, they're so cute. It's just so yeah. cute. I was like, I saw somebody else do it on YouTube, and I was like, that sounds like a really fun idea. That sounds like a nice little step above just loose pins. I want to I want to do that, and so definitely if people really liked them i'm definitely gonna have to do more in the future yeah that these are these are really cool and really special um it cracked me up though because uh liz bought a full set from you and the first thing she did was took all the pins out and i'm like buddy what are you doing yeah <laughs> um, i think there was one that that they that they didn't open and and uh and i was like i can just give you the pins from the set if you want the pins because if you're just going to throw away the packaging, I mean, I'll just give you, I, I can just give you the pins if you just want the pins, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah. Uh, oh yeah. The, the, um, yeah. So it, it's a really tricky task to make robot faces expressive and, and to sell emotion through them. And it's something I've been trying. I've actually found when they don't have eyes and mouths, it's, it's easier because you don't have to care as much about the proportion you don't have to make sure that their pieces of their face are going in the right spots. Um, but it is, it's also harder because you can't just rely on a simple frown or a simple smile. You have to get creative with the cheek and the eyebrows and stuff like that. And, and do stuff with lighting also. Like I, mm -hmm. I've seen when folks uh, depict, uh, again, uh, Star Wars characters, but like when they, uh, in comics where they do like Darth Vader or Boba Fett or somebody like that, that has like a helmet, a masked face, very mm, similar yeah. to a Transformer with a visor and, and, uh, and, and mouth plate to where like they get by it by like head tilts or like yeah. stuff with the lighting. Oh, where totally, you, yeah. Which and is something else that's fun about doing this comic is because I'm going to get to explore more of that and explore more of how I can convey Transformers feelings and emotions and, and you know, their body language and stuff and do that from panel to panel because that's something that's that's a detail that's really important to me. 
Awesome. So, you know, uh, as a, as we're getting closer to wrapping up, um, I, I'd really like to chat with you uh, about your process and kind of, yeah, totally. you know, and, uh, um, you know, in, in the time we have left, uh, yeah, feel free and, and talk yeah. about just kind of how, Actually, yeah. Hold on, I'm going to lean over and grab something real quick. Because oh, I feel like if we're going to talk about this, then I should show off. This is my tablet. This is where all the magic happens. Oh, wow. Um, this is where all of my drawings come from. Uh, it's a Wacom one. Uh, this is my third or fourth, third. This is my third tablet. Um, but it's my first one with a screen. I've had it for about two years, I think. Um, my uh, first tablets were uh, both Wacom Intuos. Uh, and... Uh, which is like a smaller tablet. Um, this one, though, is I, I specifically got because I, I wanted the screen. And um, that was kind of, it, it really allowed me to kind of uh, bring my art. It, it made a, more of an impact on my art than I would have thought it would have. Because I was fine drawing without, without, the, without the screen. When you draw with on a tablet without the screen, uh, you just kind of, look at your monitor and you just have a weird hand-eye coordination with it um but then oh, wow. when your tablet is the screen you essentially have one hand on your keyboard for doing your shortcuts and then you're looking at this tablet um and drawing directly on there and i wouldn't have thought that it would have made as much of a difference as it ended up making um but uh i've been drawing with tablets on computers since i want to say 2016 it was when i was in high school i know is when i got started because they had them that i could use um just in just in class uh and um i was working with photoshop at the time now i use clip studio paint um and just the versatility uh just the options it, it presented was something really special to me because i already liked using Photoshop just for, for, for picture editing before I was drawing on computers back when I was just using strictly paper and pencil. Um, and so I was able to take those skills, those, those picture editing skills and incorporate it. And, and that's, that's how I've gotten to the point where, you know, when I'm drawing digitally, my options for composition just gets crazy. My options for lighting get so advanced. Um, because when I'm drawing traditionally, I have a harder time, uh, coloring, I feel like. I still can, and I still do. I have uh, pictures that I've drawn traditionally and then uh, and then colored traditionally as well with, like, Copics. Um, but but coloring on a computer, it just, it just comes a lot more naturally to me. Um, the way I, you know, build layer upon layer and use all these lighting effects, use all these transparency effects. It, uh, and so it just kind of ended up being that, that that's where that's that's where that's where I was most comfortable. And and now I pretty mm -hmm. much draw exclusively on on tablets because I don't really have the space for, you know, the big 17 by 11 pieces of Bristol I used to use. Sure. Um, but it, it, uh, it, it provided a really interesting challenge because a lot of Transformers artists uh, draw draw traditionally. Um, I, I, a lot of people can't really quite necessarily tell the difference um sometimes you can sometimes things look really obviously digital or sometimes you're like that was drawn on paper but uh, a lot of times there's a there's a there's a, a spot in the middle where it's hard to kind of tell um but the transformers artists who draw traditionally all have this 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 feature to their line work that i that i, I seek out especially alex milne alex milne 
uh, is my biggest inspiration as far as artists go, as far as Transformers artists go, at least. Um, and and everything he does, it's like that's that's how I want to be. That's where I want to get to. And um, his his line work is just amazing to me. And he just does it all with like um, microns. Uh, and when I draw with microns, I can get the kind of line work that I'm looking for. Let me see if I can pull up an example of of something I've drawn traditionally because most of my stuff is is a uh, is digital. But I, I know I have traditional art around here. Um, this one, this picture. And a uh, 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 side question: while while you're looking that up, um, uh-huh. for for somebody that that doesn't draw or doesn't participate in in art or anything, what, what's what's a micron? Oh. Um, um, Micron, it's, it's, it's a, just a specific brand of pen, uh, oh, oh by okay. Sakura. I think it's mirrored. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's a really, uh, it's, it's a, it's kind of like a felt tip pen, but it's a really, really small pen. Um, that okay. just gives you a really specific line quality, uh, used a lot in, um, they use it like an architectural design, um, it, 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 they call them technical pens um, just because they don't have any, um, you know, when you paint with a brush or something, you get varying stroke widths. Um, yeah, you yeah. Know, manga art is very uh, well known for having the varying stroke widths uh, of, of their brush. Um, but, um, you know, when you draw with a technical pen, it's all the same size. Um, and this is a picture I drew a couple years ago um, of this is all drawn on paper. There's a physical version of this somewhere that exists, but I colored it digitally, but there is a black and white uh, paper out there somewhere of this. Um, and so those are all real pens, all the real ink and, uh, the lines can get a, a, a crispness to them all. You can get the, the really sharp edges. Uh, you can get, you know, there's not, there's like no line taper and you get like a subtle shake to them unless they're drawn with a ruler. Um, and, 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 and that's something that really appeals to me about drawing with a technical pen. Um, but then when you draw digitally, when you draw on a computer, you don't have the option really of using rulers. I guess theoretically you can hold a ruler up to your screen, but it doesn't work quite right. Um, in, in programs when you're drawing, you can typically hold down the shift key and it'll make a straight line while you draw. Um, but the thing is, it'll always look too robotic. It will. It just always looks too robotic. And that's something that I see a lot in Transformers art that's digital that I, I, I want to stay away from is, is, is when it looks a little bit too artificial because all their lines use rulers. I don't use rulers when I draw, uh, which shocks people sometimes because they're like, you're drawing all these cubes and shit. You don't use a ruler? I don't use a ruler because I'm drawing digitally and because I need those lines to have the emotion behind them of, of, of not being done with the shift key. And so sometimes it'll take a few tries, but I, I've kind of developed a strategy where I, 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 I kind of chisel away at my lines. I draw a line and then I erase a little bit of it and then I draw it again and I do it until I've got it the right shape that I want it. And that's kind of where it ended up being so time consuming. Um, but, but it was kind of my own digital style. Um, because I wanted to replicate the look of these people who were drawing with rulers, but yeah. had real pens with real ink that bled a little bit. Um, but 
I wanted to do that on a computer because I, I wanted, when you draw it digitally, you can reshape everything and make sure all your proportions are correct before you start lining it. And I wanted that. And, and so I, 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 that's what I've been doing over the past few years is building up that specific style and that ability. Very cool. I, I, I love it. It's, it is such awesome stuff. Um, let me, uh, let me unshare that and go back over here. Um, I, I guess as as we as we get closer to uh, closing out, I you know a, a, a trio of questions I like to ask folks. Um, you know whether uh, artists of different kinds, whether they're musicians or podcasters or you know what whatever uh, you know filmmakers, you know any, any artists. I, I so I like to ask folks um, what are basically like the uh, challenges that you face um how and maybe some of how you've overcome them and then what the ultimate goal of uh your artistic pursuit is and to round it out um advice that you can share uh for others that are they're kind of looking to uh pursue those own uh artistic interests but um let's uh let's let's start with challenges. Cause I, I would imagine, you know, uh, an undertaking like this, whether, you know, just, just the amount of work that you put into your art, especially so early on, it can't be without challenge. So I, I I'd like to ask you about that and maybe how you've overcome some of those challenges. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I definitely, I, I definitely think I touched a little bit on that in terms of kind of engineering my own, style of, of of how to of how to get the the traditional look i wanted but digitally um, yeah, yeah that was a challenge in and of itself um i think as far as challenges go i know that it's it's been a real challenge to get myself out there um i think a lot of times artists are able to kind of get footholds um i've seen a lot of people have talked to me about uh how good of a networking opportunity college can be uh but i didn't go to college i and and I, sometimes I feel like that uh, sets me back just a little bit. I'm not sure what I would have been able to get out of going and getting like an art degree or something. Um, but I know it's something I couldn't afford to do. And it's not something that I ever really sought out to do because I felt like I could kind of do this on my own. But then that kind of creates a challenge of now I'm finding my own ways to network because I'm not meeting people in college. I'm not working on these college projects. I don't have these portfolios that I've made as part of getting my degree. And most importantly, I don't have my degree. And I, and, and sometimes I think about going back and doing college, but I definitely feel like it's been a challenge trying to find my own kind of path through this. And, 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 and it's something that requires me to constantly be rethinking my goals. And I, and I need to have my goals in mind so that I, I, I know what the next steps to take are because there's no path that's laid out for me. I'm, you know, I'm making it up as I go. Um, and I think that another challenge could be the kind of the financial aspect of it. Drawing can be kind of, I mean, doing art can kind of be an expensive hobby. Obviously it's something that every artist, you know, needs to put out there is the fact that the art supplies don't make the artist, you know, you can have every art supply in the book and still be a shit artist and you can be the best artist with nothing but, you know, pencil and scratch paper. And you know, that's the foundational skills are always going to be more important than what you have. But, you know, there always comes a point in time where you end up limited by your resources because 
you want a very specific thing achieved through a very specific resource. And if you can't get that resource, you can't do what it is you want to do. It's important to stop and think, is this limitation caused by a lack of resource or a lack of skill? Because sometimes you'll end up going and buying something thinking it's going to fix your problem. And then it just doesn't because that wasn't the source of the problem. But like this tablet's like, it's like a $400 tablet, $300 tablet. And this is the most entry level of screen tablets that Wacom makes. Um, and my first tablet was like $200 or something that I got in high school. And I, I kind of just had to, to find ways to make money off of my art to put back into my art. You know, I did commissions and stuff back in high school and out of high school, um, which has helped pay for some of the stuff I've got. Um, then like earlier, I was talking about if you're drawing traditionally Copic markers. Uh, yeah. It's like $3,000 for the entire set. I don't have the entire set, but I have a lot. And it's like, th that's a lot. That's a lot I've spent on that. I spend so much money on art supplies. Um, and, you know, that's definitely a hurdle to anybody who wants to kind of really do art for a living. You know, I mean, hell, I had, I, I talked about, I used to use Photoshop and now I use Clip Studio. That's because Photoshop costs like, I don't know, for the whole creative suite, it's like $600 a year. I'm, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. You know, it's like, the, it's that whole subscription model. Yeah. 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 I, so, Cause I, I, I run into the same thing on the audio side. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I use a uh, Adobe audition and it's all, yeah. it's like, yeah, you got to get creative cloud and it's just like, right. I don't want all that other stuff. Right. When I was in high school, I had the student discount. It, it was affordable yeah, yeah. back then and my parents would help pay for it. And now I'm like on my own and I'm like, okay, well, let's see what, what's the, what other industry standards do they have that are less financially inhibitive? So, um, so uh, uh, goals. I mean, goals. you 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 dovetailed into it uh, perfectly. Basically, like, what's the dream? I dream for a long time. It's been I want to I want to be I want to work for IDW. Um, I, I have my my own ideas for my own stories, and I always think about how cool it would be to make something that kind of changed the the that changed the scope of comics because I, I'm a really big fan of comic book history. Me and my girlfriend both are. Um, we we love and talk about all the time various comic book artists and and how comic books have changed and and now uh nowadays thanks to marvel comic books are uh suddenly on the forefront they're they're in the public zeitgeist again and uh they're getting more and more mainstream and and it's always you know it's not a dream that i'm necessarily gonna like that that's just like my main dream because it feels like a little bit of a pipe dream but i think it'd be really cool to find some way to change the scope of comics but it's like at the very least if i could find a way to make enough money just to you know make a living off of being a penciler that's what i've wanted since i was in high school um in high school i also talked about wanting to be an art director i think that that would be really fun but that's again more of a pipe dream goal maybe if i go to college it'll be less of a pipe dream but but just working for IDW and getting to contribute to the communities that shaped who I am in that way. It's just, that's the dream I've said. If I can at least do something to whereas I have a TF wiki article, I'll <laughs> make it, you know, if, if I can have, or like a regular Wikipedia article, that's like, it doesn't have a whole lot and it's basically a stub, but it's like Ashley Hivik, um, uh, 
biography and what what she's drawn, you know, which yeah, comics yeah. she's drawn. If I can at least have that and my name's out there and I'm like, yeah, I did that book. That that'd feel pretty cool. That's awesome. You know, it, it's funny. One of, one of the things we learned at Cybefest is, you know, it's a, we did like an organizers panel and we asked folks, um, as well as in the survey as well, we asked folks where uh, where they learned about Cybefest from. And uh, one, nice, one nice lady, her name's Mary, said, uh, um, learned about Cybefest on TF Wiki. <laughs> and we all just looked at each other. It's like, what? That's sure crazy. enough. Sure enough, there there's a like a, a lengthy conventions article, all with links, and it's just kind of buried in there, and and you and and there isn't a lot to it, you know, like like you said, it's kind of like a stub, but it links back to the website, and it's like, holy shit! <laughs> I've got I've got I've got one of those. I don't count it as being on the TF Wiki because I'm not on the TF Wiki, but there is on TF Wiki uh, a link that links back to a Twitter feed that is my Twitter feed. Because at one point in time, I drew a picture of Anode imagined as an Earth mode. Um, oh, okay. And, and I, I liked it. Uh, I just, I just, you know, I came up with a biplane that I felt like fit Anode that was an Earth biplane instead of a Cybertronian biplane. Uh, but it kind of took off. It was like my first time a tweet had ever taken off. And both Jack Lawrence and James Roberts commented on it. And in the, which was just, it was like my first like time being like starstruck like that. Um, but James Roberts explained that she's based on a specific biplane and that she's inspired by Indiana Jones and is inspired specifically because I'm like, in retrospect, that makes so goddamn much sense because she's an adventurer. She's, she's an got adventurer. Scheme. I don't know why I didn't put two and two together. Um, but now on TF Wiki on Anode's page, it says she's based on the biplane from Indiana Jones and it links to my thread as the source for that, which is, it's just kind of cool. And so I'm kind of, I'm, I'm getting close, you know, <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, uh, you know, uh, uh last question to kind of, uh, uh, close us out here is, you know, uh, advice that you would give to others that, you know, have been listening to this, watching this, uh, you know, being expired, inspired by your awesome artwork and say like, I want to do that. I want, I want to do a jazz with a big, bright smile. I, again, I just, the, the expression is just too much. I, when I was looking at, I was referencing Jack Lawrence again, I was looking at Jack Lawrence while I drew it and I'm like, let's see what he's got. Yeah. He does similar expressions. I, I and I'm not even a huge jazz guy, but but again, it's just that 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 and expression. Neither am I, but that one worked. That one just came out really good. It's it's so cool. I just you know he just has like that zest for life that you know is is integral to jazz's character, and I I just I just really like that. But like you know, folks that might be inspired by uh you know what we're talking about here, what kind of advice would you give to the kiddos? It's gonna sound. It's gonna sound silly but you know it's like there's no better advice than to practice but but in doing that you've got to say you know telling people to practice comes with the responsibility of explaining that practicing is more than just drawing over and over again you've got to know what you're practicing and know why you're practicing it you've got to set those goals for yourself and you know set out for something specific set out for something you think could be achievable and come up with a way to get to that um i found because because like i said i started uh, i started drawing transformers in 2018 because i thought that they'd be fun to draw because i like 
how they look. And, and that, at that point I said to myself, how do I get there? How do I get to draw transformers? And so I started looking at the comics. I would just pour over comics and just scrutinize the art, look for any kinds of tell about how the artists did what they did. And, 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 kind of tried to reverse engineer their stuff and and that's how you've got to do it you've got to look at what you want look at what you look at where you want to be and reverse engineer that goal into a path that's something that you yourself can actually do um and usually that's going to come in the form of finding your favorite artists just getting as much material as you can and just just stopping every 10 seconds and being like, okay, how did they figure out these hands? How do they reconcile this problem I'm having? I want to draw this hand a certain way. I don't quite know how to do it. I've got to put myself in Alex Milne's shoes and see how he would do it if he were in my situation. Because they've been in my situation. They're where I want to be. And, you know, that's who you've got to look to. And that's how you've got to practice. It's not just about drawing over and over again. Because if you draw the same hand, 20 times without ever looking at another piece of reference or without actually like checking in with how it's supposed to look, you might develop bad habits. It's super easy to just develop bad habits because you just sit there drawing it over and over again and thinking in your head, yeah, I'm practicing. But it's like, go back, check over your work, compare it to where you want to be and you know, use that reference because that's like, that's the most important tool an artist has is their reference. Yeah, absolutely. Terrific advice. Um, Ashley Artley, it was a, a, you know, I I feel like we've just barely scratched the surface of like hanging out. I could go all night. I feel like there's, there's, it also makes me want to talk more about how I do my art and just go into it in an even deeper way somehow at some point. Absolutely. Well, I I would love to have you back on the show. We have to do this again. We have so yeah. much more to talk about, and I've uh, I, I've been having uh, some early conversations with uh, some of your collaborators on on Thunder Clash Goes Bananas, and oh, we're looking excellent. to see if we can get like because it, it is truly an international effort. You got it you is, got yeah you got, we got folks. some Australians, some people from Europe. Uh... I think I'm the only, I think I might be the only American on it. Wow. If I recall correctly, I forget. But, um, yeah. So, yeah. So I think like there's got to be some sweet spot where it's like some folks getting up early, some folks staying up late to where we, we th- yeah. there, there's a way to make it work. But I, I think that would be really fun. Maybe maybe around the time issue one drops or something like that. But we'll yeah. we'll we'll figure it out because like I think having the so entire. That would be that would be a lot of fun, and again, it's a lot of folks that I'm eager to connect with myself. So that's uh, that's really cool stuff. But yeah, I mean, I I know we could at least do another ninety minutes just on hair care alone. And oh, again, I, yeah, I, oh, that, <laughs> I'm actually trying to grow it out now. I'm I actually trying that. to grow it out now. I wanna I wanna go back to having long hair. I, I the short hair kind of I feel like was a phase. I kind of want it to be long again. Very cool. Like, that's you know. 
I'm still going to be taking good care of it. So I'm sure yeah, there's yeah. Be plenty <laughs> to talk about. You got, you got to keep that aesthetic strong. Oh, yeah. um, well, before, uh, before we part ways for now, not forever for now, um, uh, could you let folks know uh, where we can uh, find your art on the internet, how we can connect with you on social medias, uh, let folks know to buy your stuff at Bubacon here at, uh, you know, uh, here in the, the, the greater Seattle area and Everett um, and yeah just a- anything you want to plug uh, to uh, drive uh, folks to your channels I, I use the same handle on everything I'm Ashley Artley at Ashley Artley on Facebook Twitter and Instagram um, Instagram is kind of uh, Instagram I post a lot because uh, on Instagram I, I'll do I like to do reels and so sometimes you get to see kind of behind the scenes footage of me drawing you know time lapses and stuff if I make those I usually upload them as reels on Instagram however on Twitter you're gonna end up seeing a little bit more of the things I like I like to push artists on Twitter and retweet you know you can't retweet on Instagram to my knowledge and so Twitter's more the place for uh it gets a little bit more personal. Um, my Facebook, I, it's just everything from my Instagram gets re-uploaded over onto my Facebook. Um, but uh, yeah, those are the best places to find me. Uh, I'd say the Twitter's a little bit more real, but then Instagram has a little bit more uh, content. Yeah, I, I and that's that's what's cool about social media is you can you could use them kind of in tandem because you know you could do different things on on different platforms um so that that's that's awesome and uh you know I, 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 I can't let you go without without asking one more thing. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we talked a lot about Transformers the movie, and obviously, you know, it's 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 the day and it's the anniversary of the thing I should have asked you earlier before we um, uh, moved off of. What a what's your favorite part? What what is what is your iconic moment of the Transformers the movie? I, I, I like see I've been spending the last almost two hours you know softening up so I so then I could just come by and just really hit you out of out of nowhere with something because there's 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 just so much. Um, I think I think it might it's it be. That's a really tricky question. Uh, it's a really tricky uh, question. Well, well, while you're cogitating, let let me let me share mine with you because like it changes all the time. And for yeah. a 86 minute movie, you know, you can interact with it in so many different ways. Like, you know, we, we talked about kind of like the, 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 it's, it's practically a war movie, like, you know, like yeah. a, a, an old school seventies war movie in a, in a lot of ways. It's so many different things all at the same time. But the thing that I, I, I was listening to the soundtrack album uh, on my way to work today, and I think the sequence that that still, I mean, it's it's terrific. And and for me, as somebody that grew up with it, it does make me feel good that some. And again, I don't mean to sound like an old man, but like somebody your age appreciates it and enjoys it the same way I do that. That's, oh yeah. No, I, that, I got the soundtrack in my, I got, I got like a uh, escape from by Vince DiCola. That's yeah. in my, that's in my likes list. That's always playing. Oh, that's, that's good. But like, it's, um, for me, it's, it's the perfect fusion of music and animation and adventure. And it's, and it's the whole dare sequence mm-hmm. from, from leaving the fishing hole 
to uh, Hot Rod and Cup uh, going back to Autobot right. City. And specifically, if I were to narrow it down even further than that, it's in the the middle bridge of the song and Blitzwing is raising yes. his yeah, cannon up. And, and it's just like... Yeah. If if there was like one thing, and again, the, the, you know, I talk a lot about like the the Optimus run and the jump and the pose and all that. So I talk about that a lot. But if I if I were to be truly honest with my audience, with myself, it is that specific moment where it's like you know, da na 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 na, na and then Cup comes from around the corner. Okay. It's like that for me. That's that's the crystallization of what I think of when I think of Transformers the movie. You've seen when they reference the cup grabbing Blitzwing in 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 the Bayverse, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I was that. I was I there. It. So like you know, it. twenty years before the the DiCaprio meme, I was sitting there. I was like, ooh ooh ooh, that yeah. that that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, he did the thing. He did he did yeah. the uh, uh the the turret grab, which oh. I, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, no, I was actually considering the turret grab. I really love the motion of the way Cup's driving, and I love the yeah. you know uh, the Insecticons are in our way. Wrong, they're our way in. I the the motion yeah. of it, I love because I, I love cars and I love yeah. seeing Hot Rod and Cup rip around like that. But I think that and and then I got a that was one of my runner ups. I got to say another runner up of mine is the scene with uh, Blaster and uh, oh. And uh, Perceptor, because I love I love Blaster and Perceptor. They're two of my favorites, and I I, uh, I love uh, when they're trying to get a hold of Optimus Prime, and mm-hmm. and uh, it's just like it's all the chaos of the Autobot City fights going on around them. I love the way the lights flashing off of them, um, and 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 that it's got the Vince DiCola soundtrack in the background. Just you know, oh, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that the scene, I, I think I'm going to narrow it down to, for similar reasons to the dare sequence, mm-hmm. uh, I, I feel like uh, the, 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 on, on Quintessa, I'll just, uh-huh. all the scenes on Quintessa. And sure. I guess that's, that's kind of more than a scene because there's a, a lot of scenes on Quintessa, but I was thinking yeah. about how awesome hunger is yeah. uh, by, I think, Spectre General. Um, uh, yeah. So it, it random weird story. Uh, so they, they're, uh, they're actually a band called Kick Axe out of out of canada but because of like i i don't because like it's a kids movie or whatever well we can't we can't put something on this kids movie soundtrack called kick axe oh we'll just call it specter general (laughs) um so so that's so on the soundtrack album and and i i only learned this like i don't know maybe three four years ago um that yeah so like they they were a band that was active and and um and and uh you know was prolific during that time and really those songs on the transformer soundtrack are the only instance of specter general because like i was trying to figure it out to try to find more music oh right turns, turns out they're they're because uh, like some of the other bands i've since found other stuff um uh but yeah that that you can't find any more specter general because they don't exist they only exist on the transformers the movie soundtrack it's I'm a band called go Kick back Axe. and look that up because because yeah. because the hunger scene that, that's awesome with the yeah. with the demolition derby that mm-hmm. that's one of my favorites um but then also just the scene where he's fighting the big ass squid just everything yeah. on quintessa because just quintessa it's just like the uh, perfect uh oh my god now i'm forgetting his name the guy who drew all those the guy the concept artist for all oh, the uh, Transformers Flora Derry. Florida, Florida, yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's like, 
you know, fellow Filipino Transformers artist. Yeah, he yeah. Knocked it out of the fucking park and made all these crazy alien landscapes. And Quintess is just the perfect storm of all that. I love Cup interacting with Hot Rod. It's just Cup and Hot Rod. It's mm-hmm. just the best part of the movie. Yeah, I, I love it. I, and the Dinobots you know, show up. It's great. Oh, yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, when, when you start breaking down this movie into individual moments, there there's all those things that just kind of get your blood up and get the, the hair to raise on your arm. And it just, it it's, you know, it, it, it's just, Shoot, it's very go exciting. It I got to go right? back and watch it. I know but I'm going to watch it tonight. to watch it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um with that, I think uh, I think we will close out um uh, again, Ashley. Thank you so much for uh taking the time to join us. I I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. All right, and that will wrap things up for this episode. Thank you so much for listening and for watching and hanging out with us. But if you want to listen to all of my past shows, you could subscribe to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or wherever the heck else you listen to your podcasts. And you can check out my channel on YouTube for even more videos. And that's where the archive of the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast live stream lives. Uh, Because like on Twitch, it rolls off after a while and and uh facebook is not reliable in that but anyway the youtube is is where it's at um and you can become a mike cybertronian and join the msrp friends and fans facebook group um and you could find me on social media at mike cybert radio on twitter facebook and instagram like share rate and review the show let us know what you like and what you like to hear more of in the future and again come back soon for the return of the mike cybert radio podcast live stream again that is streaming on twitter youtube Twitch and Facebook Live and subscribe so you never miss a show but that's uh, that's going to wrap it up uh, for my guest Ashley Artley my name is Mike, this has been Mike Seibert Radio and until next time tell all our one make a choices Save it, Cup! Let's burn rubber!